0: First, thank you for listening. Be sure to like and give us a share. The network is intended to be a modern extension of the Negro Motorist Green Book created by Victor Hugo Green in the form of a podcast. The Atlantic magazine called the Green Book an invaluable resource to black people living in and traveling through America. We are attempting to do the same create an invaluable resource for Black people living in and traveling literally and figuratively through America. Welcome to the network. We hope you like it here. Head of business development and co-owner of web-based business, New Seneca Village, Nicholas Prejean joins the network to discuss his eye opening experiences as an adolescent, explain why people need to focus on making more money and to make his case for Kanye 2020. Okay, so we have the head of business development and my nephew, Nicholas Prejean. Welcome to the network, Nick.
1: I appreciate it, man. I'm
0: happy to be here. Good, good. All right. Give us give us a little bit of your background. Tell us what you're what you're doing. Okay, so
1: um, let's see. Where do I even start with that? Um, I feel like I have my hand in a little bit of everything right now. Um, My background, you know, graduated from Texas State. Um, Let's see. Immediately afterwards got a job. I think I graduated on a Friday and I started my first career out of college on that following Monday. Uh, You know, doing logistics out of college, nothing profound. Um, Prayed my way into a job uh, at Google after that uh six months after i was working at uh tql so worked at google for about six months then uh moved on from google after another six months and started working at google's number one partner a company called sada and uh, now i'm selling google cloud um and yeah that's where i'm at right uh right now today um i help my cousin and brother on the website too
0: okay so just briefly tell us what it's like working at google i mean you know most of us you know what we know about google is is googling you know yeah. especially folks my age we're like hey google it what what is it like being on the inside what'd you do there
1: oh uh, well i sell google cloud so um which is fairly new uh i think the cloud was invented you know less than 15 years ago so um google cloud is a uh, relatively new in itself but uh my google experience has been absolutely amazing. I mean, I have. I went from having a job working in logistics where I had to be at my desk making cold calls at 6.45 a.m. and uh, leaving at 4.30 in the afternoon if I was lucky, you know, having to work on Saturdays if need be, to working at Google where, you know, they fed me Monday through Friday. They fed us breakfast and lunch. Um, I could pretty much show up to work whenever I wanted. My managers weren't down my neck. So it was a complete switch of what you know, I'd gotten used to whenever I first graduated from college. So the job in itself was a blessing. The experience was amazing. Um, the amount of experience I was able to develop there was amazing. I mean, it not not to like uh, <laughs> to my own horn or like to Google's horn even more, but man, like everything you would think that it would be, it it was that. It was it was an amazing experience. So I love it, and I'm still working in the Google environment. So you know, I'm lucky to still kind of be in that uh you know in that bubble. So I love it. You know, working in IT has been great.
0: Okay, and and you said that the the current company that you're at right now, you sell Google Cloud. Who who are you selling Google Cloud to? Are you selling space on the Google Cloud, or, or what is that?
1: No. Nah, so, um, and, I, and <laughs> it's funny. Uh, Google Cloud is, man. It's it's uh, it's hundreds of different products. Within like the umbrella term Google Cloud, so it's not just storage. Even though storage is one of the things um, under the umbrella, but I'm selling it to anybody that'll buy it, you know. So, um, but the cloud basically it, the way you know, it benefits others is that you know every company, you know, they say data is the new oil or that's what they say in the it world anyway so every company has a website you know and every website people are clicking things people are adding things to carts, people are interacting with things and all that data gets stored in servers basically so people pay you know hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars to have their data stored in servers in a database or in a yeah like in a data warehouse basically and uh you know that that adds up, and who knows what could happen. That data uh, warehouse could get struck by lightning. COVID could happen. People could, you know, not be able to get to the warehouse to actually do their job. So people gradually realize that, you know, going to the cloud saves cost, it's more efficient, you know, and it allows people to do all types of different things with their technology. So it's it's the future. So I'm really blessed to have gotten into the cloud while it's still early. It's kind of like, you know, getting started selling the Internet, before people knew what the internet was. So it's it's, a, it's, it's an exciting opportunity for sure.
0: Okay. Okay. So what I want you to do now is just kind of weave. One of the things that I like to do here on the network is, is give our guests a chance to kind of weave their journey. Just tell us all of the things that have just kind of come together to get you to where you are right now.
1: That's interesting. You know, you sent, uh, you sent over the questionnaire and, uh, man, some of the questions, you know, they really had me just diving really deep into myself. I was like, oh man, like these, these are things I haven't really, you know, thought about, you know, um, so I guess if I had to start weaving, you know, anywhere, I guess it would really be, you know, just to be completely transparent, it would be growing up in Louisiana and then moving to Texas. I feel like that's really where you know, I started to become aware of things because I think we are in the, I don't even remember what grade I was in whenever we moved out here, but different, you know, um, the people that we were interacting with in Louisiana weren't like the people that we were interacting with, um, in Texas, the school that we went to in Louisiana wasn't like the school that we went to in Texas. And the first thing I asked myself was why, why was that? You know, so getting acclimated to life out here, kind of like it at an early age it made me aware that things were different for some people than other people and I kind of feel like I just kind of like followed that my entire life like my entire, I've always questioned things, I've always been I needed to know the why behind anything that I was doing really, you know so um, after that I don't even know what I would, uh, would go to, you know I went to middle school I feel like middle school uh, going to do it really opened my eyes to a lot of things too as and, and that's that's so weird to say because it's like what do you know in middle school you know you're 12 13 14 years old but i really feel like some of the things that i saw in middle school it uh it was eye-opening because i feel like i came from a pretty sheltered household i mean you're my uncle you know so you know my mom and dad they were active in my life i can't think of that I didn't have, you know, my mom or my dad by my side. I couldn't pick up the phone and call them at least. You know, I've I've always known that they were there,
0: but you know, what a lot of were people, hmm? what were some of the things that you um, were exposed to that that were different? What were some of those things that that opened your eyes? Yeah,
1: uh, and, and drugs, the, dr- the drugs and the violence. That I would say that I saw in middle school and realizing how normal it was for a lot of the kids that I, I was growing up with. I mean, y'all didn't know, but, you know, Cam and I I was in the eighth grade, Cam was in the sixth grade and, you know, we used to walk to do it. And the kids we were walking to school with were smoking weed, you know, on the way there, you know, in at middle at, school. in middle school, you know, and I mean in the eighth grade, sorry, mom and dad, you know, but I could do whatever I want at do it because I was, a, you know, I, I was labeled a good kid unquote so my teachers knew that i would be okay so i mean i would i, I would wander the halls i would do whatever i want and i would go hang out with my friends that played sports that did bad things you know and they were you know they were smoking they were popping pills you know in, in middle school you know so you see things wow. like that yeah selling drugs in middle school robbing people in middle school so seeing that and then going home to my parents who you <laughs> know still go through my phone and were like hey like you had your pants like put a belt on if it has loops in it you put a belt but, you know, like that was my household, so just seeing like the it was like the duality of you know what um middle class i guess mm-hmm. I, also mm-hmm. had, I also grew up with a lot of you know white people where I grew up too, and you know I was in above uh grade classes, tier four is what they called it So I was uh, in the sixth grade doing eighth grade, seventh grade doing ninth grade work, so a lot of my classmates that i that I was in class with were white. And lived it was like two completely different worlds. It was like my friends from sports lived a certain way and then my friends in my actual classes lived in a completely different world. So it was like and we all lived in the same neighborhood basically. So you know, it was it was it was strange. And
0: that was middle school. <laughs> and and what impact so going from middle school to where you are now, how have those experiences impact you and shaped you? Yeah. I
1: think um I think the biggest thing that I took away from it all was my mindset that, and as, as awful as it might as it may sound, is that people really don't care about your story unless you're successful. You know, and and people really don't care how hard it was. Are people? I don't. Maybe I shouldn't say people don't care people, you'll never have the platform to really tell people what you went through, unless you make it past what you went through, because, you know, I grew up with a lot of people who went through a lot of tough things who I know weren't bad kids or they weren't bad people, but you know, where they are in life now, you know, it's, it it definitely could have went the other way had they had people in their lives that, you know, pushed them the way my parents pushed me. So uh, I don't
0: know. Okay. So, Tell me what your title is again with new Seneca.
1: All right. So I'm going to be the head of a business development and whatever I decide to call myself next week as well. Okay.
0: (laughs) Okay, So this week you're the head of business development at new Seneca. So two part question here, tell us what you're most passionate about right now. And then from there, tell us about new Seneca, what it is, how you got the name and where you're going. Okay.
1: Right now, I'm most passionate about making as much money as possible. That's that's probably like my biggest priority right now. And it kind of um, doubles into New Seneca because um, the reason I, you know, I the, the entire idea behind New Seneca Village is to give people a platform to create passive income for themselves for free you know that's that's the big thing you know i feel like everybody needs to be able to make money the older i've gotten is it's become more important to me and i feel like um and you know, I, I guess i'm more on the conservative side when it comes to money i just feel like people really need to you know um focus on making more money and then they'll be able to you know help themselves a
0: little bit more but uh that's that's a perception of mine but Okay. So what exactly you, you briefly touched on new Seneca. Mm-hmm. So one, what, what is new Seneca? where did you get the name from? And then tell us exactly what you're doing with your business.
1: Gotcha. So, uh, uh the, the name actually came from my little brother, Cam. We were talking about, uh, I think me, Cam, Gabe, you know, Bryson, Caleb, we all talked in one another. And, uh, we were pretty much talking about the business and, uh, Seneca is a pretty yeah it was um modern day Central Park in New York, but basically it was uh somewhere he went you know uh post-slavery um, to form a colony, you know um, set up civilization amongst themselves sell things amongst themselves, and um, you know pretty much lived amongst one another and that's really what I wanted um, our website to be. describe you know the purpose of them setting up the society. I was like, man. You know, this idea that I've had in my head for what, a, in a website it, is exactly that. So I feel like the name, you know, was, uh, they signed perfectly because, uh, you know, Seneca Village was, you know, it was uh, ultimately destroyed. So new Seneca Village would be perfect because I want this to be a platform where, you know, artists can come to, you know, create and, you know, sell their products, make money together, you know, and, uh, you know, bring attention to one another's products. You know um to to really help everybody be as successful as possible so that's the ultimate purpose of the website
0: okay so if i have a product i can bring it to your website to sell
1: absolutely if you have a handmade product say you make candles um and you know you can have your own website and you can it on our website as well and you know we'll help promote for you we'll run instagram ads for you we'll run facebook ads for you and all of that will be free of charge. We're gonna put you on a platform. Other people are selling their products, so people can come and you know mistakenly run into your product as well. It's pretty much an exposure thing. You know, the more uh, you know, the more brands you're around, you know, the more traffic that can come to your product eventually. So, yeah, that that's the real purpose of the website. So you can come to us, let us sell your product. If you had a clothing brand, we could actually produce. Uh, your clothes for you. That way, you know, we could take away all the capital that would go into you, you know, going and buying 100 shirts and then trying to sell each of those 100 shirts individually. Instead of doing that, we work with a fulfillment service, uh, you know, not just clothes, but we have just about any product you can think of, you know, fanny packs, um, masks, you know, for COVID, uh, clothes, T-shirts, hoodies, you know, uh, canvases for paint, you know, for art. You know, we could uh, take any design that you had, put it on that product with our fulfillment service for free and we can put it on our website to sell for you and you can sell that never have come out of pocket for anything and just continuously make money on our website all you have to do is market it
0: okay okay so if I was selling um eye patches right so I can bring my eye patch to new Seneca and all I have to do is market
1: all you have to do is market it okay you give me a picture of the eye patches you want to sell I put it on the website. We'll help you market it, put it around other successful brands and then hopefully get you more sales.
0: Okay. Okay. That's what's up. That's what's up. Okay. That's good. So how, how is the business doing so far? When did you start the business and how is it doing so far?
1: So Dave and I and Bryson, <laughs> we started, uh, I guess, actually I think yesterday was a month officially. And I think um, I would say that we're doing extremely well. And I use the word, you know, extremely loosely, but I think that we're doing relatively well. We, we ex- we're exceeding our goals. That's why I said extremely well. But uh, I am kind of critical on myself, uh, you know, and anything that I'm a part of. So um, I think the first number that we set for ourselves whenever we sat down and was like fair number from month number one, and we said um, $1,000. So, um, we came together. The three of us agreed, hey, a thousand dollars that's a goal for month number one. That is what success looks like for uh, our first month of uh, selling things basically and trying to get brands on board and um we we almost doubled that actually i think uh we were at about eighteen hundred nineteen hundred uh at the end of the month, so you know uh I would say month one was uh, was a success you know i think okay. uh, the next step is going to be uh, in measuring success for us is going to be, you know, getting brands on board. Um, so I guess, uh, next month uh, I'll come back and have that conversation with you.
0: Okay. Okay. So your goal was a thousand dollars in sales. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you surpassed that. Okay. That's awesome. That's outstanding. So I know that, um, you are an avid Kanye West fan, Right. So I was looking at your Twitter and you've changed your Twitter name to Kanye 2020. So I want to give you this opportunity to make a case for Kanye 2020.
1: I appreciate it because I know a lot of people won't make this case, but, um, you know, uh, my, my Twitter name before I changed it to Kanye 2020 was a, was a boy has no president. And, you know, I think I changed it to that once I realized, you know, once I started watching Game of Thrones and, you know, while Donald Trump was the president. So, you know, um, I'll, my biggest case for Kanye 2020 is the other options are Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Right. Um, I, w- I would never vote for Donald Trump. I can't. So I guess that I means that my options, right. are Joe Biden and Kanye West, if, and, and keep in mind, you know, while I'm making this argument for Kanye, Do I actually think he's running for president in 2020? I I, I don't. But I do know that if he did run for president, I would vote for him. And this is why, right?
0: Okay. So before you jump into that, so Mm -hmm. you are telling me, you're telling us, the listeners, that if he's serious about running for president, you are going to cast your vote for the birthday party. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Keep going
1: okay and here's my reason why right if i didn't that means i'd be voting for joe biden okay all right joe biden has historically done nothing for black people in fact in fact i can there's plenty of things that i could list out that hurt the black people through politics And, and that's everybody's biggest for voting for Joe Biden over Kanye, you know, they're like he's an actual politician. He has experience, but look at what he's done with his experience. You know, this, this is the same man that worked with segregationists to stop integration.
0: This is the same but man. Don't don't make the case against Joe Biden. Make the case for Kanye.
1: Oh, but I but I am that that's my case. If I'm not voting for Kanye West, then I'm voting for a man who who has. Worked his entire life for things that I don't believe in, and and he Joe Biden. I mean, we nobody would ever get on the Trump train, but Joe Biden is a seventy-seven year old white man. He was born in the nineteen forties. Who do you think is more like Trump, him or Kanye West? It, it's it's hard for anybody to prove to me that Joe Biden has better interests for black people than forty-six year old Kanye
0: West. So what, uh, of course we haven't seen any any of this yet, but what is it about Kanye that makes you think that, that, that has you believe in or has you sold that he could be the the representative of the United States that sits in the presidential chair that goes to um, the United Nations and represents us with fidelity?
1: Donald Trump did it. If Donald Trump did it, Kanye West can do it. And if we're gonna send 77 year old Joe Biden out there to do it, I think who, and I mean, be honest, Joe Biden's sound bites are some of the worst like he just has some of the worst sound bites recently like I can send him out to represent us to the United Nations to the rest of the world we can send Kanye West
0: but but couldn't we say that Kanye has some of the worst sound bites as well can we make that same case for Kanye
1: I don't I don't know I don't know I feel like I could argue for a lot of them
0: okay choose one and make an argument for it
1: okay let's see I'm, giving,
0: I'm not all even going right. to throw one out there. I'm just going to let you
1: choose it. All right. You I feel like, it right. all right. I feel like I'll go through my, my big, big three, and then I'll end it with the big four, which is slavery is a choice, right? Okay. Um, so my number one, right, George Bush doesn't like black people, right? How many black people, especially post-Katrina, which is when all this happened, said that the government, the Republican Party, and George Bush don't like black people? Plenty. That's what everybody. That, that was everybody's narrative, and then Kanye West got in front of America and said it on national TV for black people, and everybody was against him. Oh, Kanye, you can't say that. Oh, Kanye, that's not right. You know, so he put his neck out there for us. Did something that could have cost him a lot of money, and black people didn't even defend him. You know, that's one. Two, the whole Taylor Swift thing. You know, man, black people historically that black women get overlooked for, you know, all the work that they do and black people too, but especially black women, you know, and white people get credit for doing less or half than we do all the time. So Kanye, you know, Taylor Swift beat, you know, Beyonce when Beyonce made single ladies. Everybody knows single ladies. You You, you can think right now of the single ladies dance. So Kanye got on on stage and told everybody in the world, America, hey, Taylor Swift didn't deserve this award. Beyoncé deserved it and the only reason she won it was because she was a white woman. You know, and people like Kanye, you can't do that. You can't say that. Obama called him a jackass in in front of in front of the world. You know, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, you know, and I'm just like, man, you know, and, and mind you Obama had just asked the dude a couple months before to help him campaign, you know, and I and then backdoor and called him a jackass for standing up for a black woman. I'm just like man, crazy to me. And kind of same dude that's you know that's been telling people, hey, take care of your kids, don't cheat on your wife. You don't have to be a drug dealer, you know, to to you know be in the rap game. You know how many how many black guys have Kanye made rich, you know, from rap, you know. But I mean. I I could, I feel like I could make a lot of arguments. You no, know, but slavery was a choice. You know, that, 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 that is, a, I mean, it's a bad soundbite, but one, I feel like he was talking about slavery in 2020 or, you know, in, in modern day slavery, you know, and I feel like it, it is the culture is toxic, you know, and if you want to look at it from that perspective, I would agree with them. You know, slavery today, you know, it's is, is a choice but even if we want to say he was talking about slavery in the 1800s and the 1700s right you know Harriet tubman said slavery was a choice you know created the underground railroad you know and she's a martyr we, you know, we still highlight her today you know nat turner said that slavery was a choice rebelled against his slave owners you know and you know paid the ultimate consequence for it but you know we still you know uh celebrate him today you know, highlight him today, you know, his, he, his book, the his Bible, was, you know, was in the, you know, the the Negro uh, History Museum whenever we went out there in D.C., you know, so so we still pay him respects, you know, and he said slavery was a choice. But, you know, I mean, and, and Kanye said it and everybody said he was wrong. And I mean, granted, it, it was a tough choice, you know, and the smart choice was, was to be not to, you know, say, you know, get yourself killed and get your family sold, you know, and uh, any of the other heinous things that happened during slavery. But, you know, other people said it was a choice, and, you know, I don't know. That, that's my that's my argument for, for Kanye.
0: Okay, so points. Um, I, I, let me say this. I don't know if we can say because Trump did it, Kanye can do it, because what we've done is we've basically dumbed down the president's Office. We basically dumbed it down and we said, well, now that the standard is lower, anybody can anybody can do it. That's my counterpoint. And then the second thing is, um, and you don't have to answer this, it's really more rhetorical. Are we really putting Kanye in the same conversation with Harriet Tubman and Matt Turner? I don't think he has earned that designation to be in that conversation with them with that sound bite. However, I'll digress. Thanks, thank you for making that, point. I really <laughs> wanted to hear it. I really wanted to hear you make your case for Kanye 2020. All right, we're gonna switch gears here a little bit. Um, what keeps you up at night?
1: Hmm. My anxiety, honestly, I, I just, um, it's, it's hard to describe, but it's just like this overwhelming feeling of, of like not being successful, I guess, and you know, what is successful? I really couldn't even tell you what that meant, or know what it looks like in my own terms. I guess it's just more of a feeling, you know. And it's kind of something that I've struggled with my entire life. You know, it's like I'll, I'll accomplish something that I thought was a big goal of mine, and then you know, I really won't feel like any type of you know feeling or like sense of accomplishment after I do it. Or you know, accomplish a goal and then I'm like, Well man, if this wasn't it then what's next? You know, so I go to something bigger or better and then I accomplish that and then that's not enough and I'm like, Man, will it you know, will will it ever be enough? So I guess that's what keeps me up at
0: night. Okay. Okay. Um perhaps your um perhaps you just haven't figured out your your thing yet. You know what I'm saying? Your it may it's probably internal. So maybe maybe that's <clears throat> Excuse me. Maybe that's what it is. All right. So, um, tell us about tell the listeners what you're reading right now, or if you have any recommended books.
1: Let's see. Uh, my a recommend uh, recommended book of mine would be Losing the Race. By, um and the author's name always uh, always slips me.
0: I think um, that's uh, John John McWhorter.
1: That yeah, John McWhorter. And I actually yeah, I got the I actually got the book from my dad. Uh, took it right off of his uh, bookshelf. But, you know, it's a, it's a book about um, really just black culture. Honestly, it's about, um, what, what's the phrase? Um, really, um, what, what, what is the phrase that I'm thinking of right now? Um, not self-actualization, but uh, personal accountability in like, the black community. Like that. It's a, it's a really good book, though. Um, I think it's the last book, actually, that I read, like, front to cover. Which is uh, which is bad because I may have been a year or two ago, so should probably read more. Okay, okay.
0: All right. Um, what about music? You got any any recommended music? Uh, and what are you listening to right now?
1: I see that last uh, Freddie Gibbs album. My little brother just put me on that one. Uh, Alfredo album was pretty good. Uh, um, anything Drezy? Anything Kanye? You know, I feel like I really wake up and listen to like the same five things like every single day. But, um. What else? I'm trying to get into uh, different things, and uh, my friend just put me on like British rap. You know, there's this guy named Dave. Just um, check out; he's pretty good. Uh, British rapper. If you're, you know, if that's your cup of tea. Okay. Okay.
0: I might have to check that out. I, I I'd like to know what what they're rapping about in Britain. <laughs> um, like, is the hood like a universal concept? You know. Yeah, um, instead
1: of talking about, like, shooting guns, they talk about, like, stabbing
0: each other. It's it's crazy. Ah, right, because handguns are outlawed in, in the UK. Yeah. Ah, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, Dave, you said his name is Dave? Yeah, Dave. Okay. Yeah, his album is, like, Screw Capital
1: or something like that. It's pretty good.
0: Okay, okay, we're going to have to check that out. British rapper Dave. All right, so, of course, this is a podcast, but... Are there any other podcasts
1: you're listening to or you recommend? Uh the CEO of my company uh has a podcast. It's called Cloud and Clearing. And he has types of tech gurus and you know CEOs of companies um on there and I mean I, I love one, I love like listening to my CEO talk. I, mean, uh, I really think that he's one of those guys that can, you know, see five years into the future business wise. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I really like listening to him. So uh, it's just interesting seeing how people at that level think, you know, C-suite executives, you know, chief technology officers and CEOs and, you know, really seeing that we don't think that differently. You know, they just uh, have a platform. They built themselves a platform or were given a platform. So it's interesting.
0: Yeah. And, you know, hopefully the network will launch somebody like yourself. Um, you know, hopefully, our, our platform is what gives you know young creatives such as yourself, young entrepreneurs like yourself, and and you know your other company members the platform to kind of take off. So I think just as much as you like listening to <laughs> him, I think somebody's going to enjoy listening to you. Okay. Um, okay. So two more segments. The first segment that we're going to do is rapid fire, and then the last segment is called You Didn't Ask. So what we're gonna do right here is this rapid fire. I'm gonna ask you about four or five questions, and then just give us the first answer right off your dome, okay? Okay. All right, this is one of my favorite ones to ask. Describe the color yellow to a blind person. Um,
1: look up at the sun. <laughs> And, you know, dang, I guess they still can't see it. Right. They can,
0: they can, right.
1: They could get, like, get like that, I don't know, the feeling. I don't, I don't even know. Man, Um, okay. Um, The color yellow feels like bananas to me. Maybe that's because I associate them with yellow, but I don't know. I always say, like, so grab a banana, that's yellow. Feel,
0: okay. The color yellow feels like a banana. Okay. Um, any tattoos?
1: I have one tattoo, and it's crazy because I, I always I was super against tattoos for the longest because I just felt like nothing was that important, that it needed to be on my body for the rest of my life. And then my little brother was like, hey, man, let's get matching tattoos. So I was like, all right, bet. So um, I have one tattoo. It's on my chest right here. And, uh, it's an anchor with um, our, yeah, it's an anchor. Or no, it's an hourglass, right? It's an hourglass mm-hmm. with an anchor busting out of it, right? And me and uh, all of my little brothers have it uh, tattooed on us. But um, it's an anchoring hourglass busting out of it because we're going to hold each other down until the end of time.
0: Okay. Yeah. I got you. I got you. All right, here we go. I think this next one will be right up your alley. Who is your favorite cartoon character and why?
1: Um, it would be Kuwabara from Yu Yu Hakusho, if you're an anime person. Because he's uh, he has a code. I feel like every man has to have, or not even man, but every person has to have a code in life that they live by. And, you know, he had a code. You know, it was all about friendship. It was all about, you know, respecting his manhood. And I feel like it's something that I can get with, you know, 10 times out of 10.
0: Okay. And what's this character's name? Kuabara, from Yu Yu Hakusho. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. All right what is the first thing you notice about the opposite sex lips lips
1: yeah i think um yeah i was it was young like in the first grade and i saw a girl's lips and i was like man
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right all right last question last question um how can you tell if someone is a nerd?
1: Um, man, I just feel like the word "nerd" can mean so many different things. But I feel like a nerd is somebody that's antisocial, not uh, not introverted, but like can't socialize with other people because it like actually like causes them like discomfort. So, um, I feel like that's what a nerd would be.
0: Okay. Okay. We'll do a bonus question. We'll do a bonus question. I got one more. I want to ask you if you could live anywhere in the world. No, 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 no. Let me back up. If you could teleport, if you could teleport, where would you go and why?
1: Hmm. If I could teleport anywhere in the world, it would probably be to uh, Tokyo. I just always wanted to go to Tokyo. You know, I'm really into anime. I'm really into, um, you know, uh, Asian culture um, so I think Tokyo would be a really cool place to visit
0: okay 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 good alright so that brings us to our last segment it's called you didn't ask you didn't ask so your dad who is my brother told me that you, you can't give people advice they didn't ask for you just can't give people unsolicited advice and the crazy thing is I don't think I asked them for that piece of advice alright <sighs> But that birthed this segment in our podcast called You Didn't Ask. So what unsolicited advice would you like to share with our listeners right now?
1: Mm. Can I get two? Okay, go ahead. Go for it. So my first one is um, be careful who you take advice from.
0: Oh, that's good.
1: And then my second one. And it's funny because I just told you some of this um, earlier today, but um, is potential is nothing without performance. So I feel like I had a coach. Uh, I had a coach tell me that my tenth grade year, and it's just, you know it's just it's stuck with me ever since then. You know, potential is nothing without performance.
0: That's good. That's good advice. You didn't ask, but there it is. So thank you. For sharing with us. Loved, loved having this conversation with you, nephew. The business developer. I'm, I'm I'm jacking it up. What's your title again? What, it's okay. What your title
1: hey, head of business development and co founder. We'll have head, that.
0: Head of business development and co founder of new Seneca Village.com. My nephew, my family. So proud of him, Nicholas Prejean. Thanks for sharing. Nicholas, welcome to the network. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I enjoyed recording it with my nephew. But hey, if you can't put your family on, who can you put on? So make sure that you go and check him out at his business site, www.newsenecavillage.com. You spell Seneca, S-E-N-E-C-A. You can also find him on Twitter at Nicholas underscore Ted 33 and at new underscore Seneca. And then on Instagram at Nick Ted, underscore, underscore, and at new Seneca village. If you're looking for him on Facebook, you can find him at Nicholas Prejean. Again, thank you for listening to the network. Make sure you subscribe, give us a like, share it with somebody until next time. Peace.